the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. One of the perhaps most important articles or pieces you will read this year was uh, published uh, just uh, two days ago in the New York Post. It's titled, Why New York City's Drug Death Epidemic is No Surprise. I think it could be extrapolated beyond New York City. The author is Howard Hussock. He is a senior fellow of domestic policy studies at the American Enterprise Institute. And when I read this and sent it out again and again, I just knew I needed to talk to this man and have you hear him out as well. Sir, it's nice to make your acquaintance. Thank you for the piece and thank you for your time. Well, thanks for having me on, Seth. All right. So you open. Thank you. So you open with drug overdose deaths in New York City have hit a record high and it comes tragically as no surprise. One might say this, given the new data about the rest of the country as well. Why no surprise, sir? It's no surprise because uh, legalization or turning a blind eye to the use of drugs, not criticizing the use of drugs, is the message we're getting from our authorities, from government, from those who try to set our social norms. And so when we're not pushing back on the use of drugs, when we're not trying to discourage demand, and in fact, in many ways, encouraging demand, then we're reaping the whirlwind. Yes, that's right. You say, indeed, acquiescence and acceptance are leading to death. I'm glad you used the word encourage. I, I have been gobsmacked by this public health campaign uh, in your piece. Uh, there's a, there are a few of those posters found in the um, in the New York subways. Uh, you see a similar campaign going on in San Francisco. They are not discouraging drug use. They are literally encouraging it and not just what used to be known as soft drugs. I don't think there are anymore, but not just that, but literally fentanyl, the killer. Right, and so we're seeing a movement among uh, public health authorities, and I use that term guardedly. Me too, me too. <laughs> to um, uh, promote what are being called safe injection sites. Mm -hmm. And New York City has two of them. I believe San Francisco has some clandestine ones. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not legal under federal law because they countenance the use of illegal drugs with oversight. Mm -hmm. But that's the idea, is that shoot up in these quasi-clinics yeah. with, with medical personnel standing by to give you uh, naloxone to reverse an overdose if you happen to have one. Uh, and so, you know, what they're literally saying, the public health authorities in New York City is, don't be ashamed of using, be proud of using safely. Mm -hmm. I'm quoting, I'm mm -hmm. quoting that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it, and I've quoted it too, and beyond be proud of using safely, as if there is a safe use of non-prescribed fentanyl, I suppose. Um, aside from that, it actually tells you to, if you're going to use, start small. Do it with friends. 
it's 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 not only a throwing in of the towel. It literally is the word encouraged use. This is not how we have stopped any other pandemic or epidemic, have we? I mean, Mothers Against Drunk Driving didn't say if you're going to drink and drive, just have one shot or have one beer or start slowly or do it with friends or eat a cheeseburger first, right? That's not how we stopped cigarette smoking in this country, is it? We didn't say, well, you know, a Carlton Light is better than a Marlboro. Well, what, what is really dismaying to me is our unwillingness. We'll look at tobacco. Right? States have got hundreds of millions of dollars from a settlement with the tobacco industry, yeah. legal settlement. Right. I won't go into the complications of how <laughs> right. that works. That a, yes, right, right, right. But, but uh, to promote abstinence from tobacco, right. to run these harrowing television ads yep. of people gasping with emphysema right. holes and in their, taking their last yeah. breath. Holes in their What's necks? the yeah. equivalent mm. with fentanyl, which killed fentanyl, heroin, drug overdoses, all of them, more than 100,000 Americans last year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100,000 Americans. The 2,500 in New York was uh, a number higher than our worst murder rate. Going just, back in the bad old days of the eighties, and just, yeah, go ahead. Where sorry. do we see any any public health uh, commercials, if you want to use that term, to say maybe you should consider not using drugs? It's not a thing. I want you and the audience. I don't. You you know it. I want the audience to understand what the public health in New York City and San Francisco believes prevention means, because on this poster, for example, one promoting fentanyl test strips. It actually says prevent overdose, and then here's it: what it tells you to do to prevent overdose. Avoid using alone and take turns. Start with a small dose and go slowly. That, that is not prevention by any definition. That is, again, advice and encouragement on how to use this deadly drug. Don't do it alone and take turns. Make it a group thing. We don't hear it. We don't hear it from... from I mean, when when Ronald Reagan was president, we had the campaign just say no. Now, okay, maybe that was simplistic, but it was correct. It's the use of drugs is is a is not to be acquiesced. It's not to be encouraged. It's not a healthy choice. Why why are we not pushing back? Why are we not connecting the dots? Even for college students, you know. Do you know who supplies the drugs? The cartels in Mexico that have undermined that country. And it's our demand that's doing it. Our demand. We need to discourage that demand. It's a bad personal choice. It's a bad policy choice. It's a bad national security choice. It's the now now. It's the now new number one killer of young adults, by the way. It's not COVID. It's not anything else. It's drug Overdose. I almost don't. I don't know where you come down on this, Howard. Uh, Howard Husick is our guest. Husick is our guest from AEI. I don't know where you come down on this. Some of us are saying maybe we shouldn't even use the word overdose. It's not an overdose if it's illegal and not prescribed. It's a dose. Yeah. Well. Uh, so in in New York City, you say on the test on the pilot program for these right. quote unquote safe injection sites. Right. 585 people have registered and used the location nearly 5,000 times. Right. 5, 
thousand doses of heroin injection. Now, under medical supervision. Yeah, under (laughs) under medical supervision. Now, what we don't have is any report on what happens to these people afterwards. Nothing. We have no report on whether they go in for treatment. We have no report on whether they are reducing their use. We have no report on whether they are going elsewhere to get additional injections. There is just no follow-up on this, correct? Well, I'm extremely distressed about that because let's say we wanted to regard this. We'll try to be, you know, take a step back and we'll try to be uh, fair-minded as possible about this. Uh, When you have a pilot program, you study it. Yeah. You have a control group. Right. But yet we have the 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 Surgeon General of the United States has said, yeah, these he, he's kind of on board with this kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. They haven't gone that far to to, to announce a, a federal support of it yet, but he's clearly leaning in that direction. So what you would have to do is to put an ankle monitor on these guys, see what happens to them. How many of them die somewhere else, like in the street? Let's find out what happens to them. Instead, they're using a, a, a data point that makes it look good because people are using it. We should be happy because they're using it. Right. Right. What? Right. Right. We're, we, we, right. We're, de- we're, de- we're dealing in volume here. We're trying to make, it up, uh, make up for it in volume almost. It's a sick joke on an old I Love yes. Lucy uh, episode. But, <laughs> but, 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 Howard, the, the thing that's interesting to me about this is – the why I mean I don't I don't know about the profit motive here but it seems almost as if there is a political sanction against prevention a political uh, incorrectness if you will about denying drug users their addiction I know sometimes the word shame gets thrown in here and they're obviously saying don't be ashamed but they certainly did it with drunk driving, and they certainly did it with cigarettes, and it certainly worked. I wonder if we could talk about the ideology when we come back on the other side of this break. i got to take a quick okay, commercial break. It. Thank you, sir. Delighted to have our guest with us, uh, Howard Hosick. He is a senior fellow in domestic policies at the American Enterprise Institute, uh, a widely uh, acclaimed author and an expert on uh, municipal and domestic policy. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Howard Husick is our guest. He is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute and has a really critically important piece at the New York Post. New York City's drug death epidemic is no surprise. We're talking about these quote-unquote safe safe injection sites, injections of heroin, that the city is uh, sponsoring, uh, overseen by quote-unquote public health professionals. Uh, and um, it's 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 attended by a series of messages on the New York subway system that advise users of opioids and heroin to avoid using alone and taking turns, starting small and going slowly. And I guess what I'm asking, um, Mr. Husick, is what is the motive here? This should not be a political issue. It seems somehow it is. We seem to say we don't want to shame people, and if they are simply, you know, harming themselves, we don't want to arrest them or enforce treatment upon them. But 
as um, the novelist and street drug expert Sam Quinones put it, everyone will die who does this. They will die if not treated. What is the motive behind not giving them an abstinence or prevention message? Yeah, it, it's a very hard question, and I'm glad you asked it. Um, I, I don't understand why it's political, why it's quote-unquote conservative right. to try to, to save people's lives by helping helping them not use drugs. Right Now, the, the promoters of the safe injection sites, they're basically saying it, it, it's no use. They're going to use drugs, so we'll, it'll be safer if we prevent an overdose. But that's such a, a you know, a give-up attitude. About it's nothing like, else have we ever said that. Yeah, we don't. And, and to, to get to the roots of it, I think you have to go back to the decade where so many bad ideas started, and that was the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And with, with the explosion of marijuana use at that time, uh, the 60sites decided, well, all the warnings about drugs, they all must be wrong. Yeah. That was oversold, therefore, they're all oversold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they went on a kick with drugs can't be as bad as we were told. Right, because one bad movie overdid it in the 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Reefer Madness yeah, is what you're right, talking about. Right, right. But now we have, we have Reefer Madness because the Reefer is so much stronger. Yeah. And laced with fentanyl. Right. That's really happening. Yep. And, and so somehow that mindset of, of, you know, hedonism is okay infected our public health establishment. And it's affecting not just our, our public health establishment and the way they think. It's affecting our children and the way they behave. There's a new story out just today, juvenile crime surge. Yes. reversing the long decline, kids killing kids. You look at some of these, almost all of these um, mass shooting incidents with children, right. whether it's Uvalde or Marjorie Stoneman. You look at the college kid here who uh, shot up, uh, get, uh, shot Gabby Giffords and the federal judge here in uh, Tucson. It is that high-potency pot that's ever-present all the time. This is not a, as I say, this is this is not Doritos and Cheetos stuff anymore. Or look at the Fox News weatherman over the weekend in New York uh, who was beaten up by kids smoking pot. Yeah, it, it, an unwillingness to look at it in a in a cold, hard facts kind of way, yeah. non-ideologically. I mean, that's really what I'm saying. Let's look at it non-ideologically and say Americans are dying. Yeah. I mean, this is all we did with tobacco. I mean, we, we went so far as to say we can't even have Joe Camel ads lest kids be attracted to it. I remember that. But, you know, all of a sudden, for us to try and give this prevention message, we're told, well, you can't shame these people. You can't shame these users. And again, that is what one of the more prominent ads in New York says. Don't be ashamed of your use. Don't be ashamed you are using. Be empowered that you're doing it safely. It's a myth that there is such a thing as safe heroin use, um, I believe. But but again, you know, you're right about the cigarettes. We had the pictures of the lungs. We had the craggy faces. We had the um, people with the holes in their throats on television. We still have that. Whether you call it shame or not, I, you, we shamed smokers. Some of these signs are up, to, up right up against a, a cigarette smoking ad that says no smoking. We can say no smoking. Why can't we say no heroin? It's an incredible surrender to me. 
incredible. Yeah, and we've been very successful, yep. and it's a good thing yep. in reducing right. the amount of smoking. But look, legalization of marijuana and the state dependence on taxes for marijuana use helps to explain this, too. So California, New York, Oregon. In New York, the governor here promotes marijuana use through legalization because it's going to bring in a billion dollars or close to that in tax revenue. So you have this bloated state government that relies on people harming themselves and their mental health to fund itself. That's not what government should be doing. Okay, and let's break this down, too, because I've heard that that bandied about here and there. Uh, So New York City is bragging that it's going to take in about a billion bucks. What's the budget of New York City? I think it's over a hundred billion. So we're talking over a hundred billion. Yeah. So we're talking the whole state. Yeah, right. A billion dollars. Okay. Oh, okay. So the whole state gets a billion. The New York City budget is a hundred billion. And they never talk about the money that goes out, do they? Do they talk about the other side of that ledger? Do they talk about the money that's needed um, for treatment? Do they talk about the money that's needed for hospitalization? Do they talk about the money that is expended uh, for uh, workplace accidents? Do they talk about the money for lost work and lost wages? Do they talk about the money uh, needed for the violence and the ambulances and the ongoing uh, recovery and treatment for those that can't afford it? Because I'm going to bet you right now, dollars to donuts, Mr. Hosick, that that's going to be about 10 to 1 on the other side of that ledger. Well, and driving while impaired. Right. Guess what? There is no breathalyzer or driving while impaired under the influence of cannabis. Right. We don't really have a, a set way to do that. Right. Because you may not actually be impaired, but it may be in your system. Mm-hmm. And so the tests will not really accurately describe your mental state. And so, therefore, they're not useful. Especially and, and if, so yeah, we can right. have a rash not only of, of fentanyl overdoses, but of fatal traffic accidents, and the state is encouraging this. The state is encouraging it. Well, you've connected dots that needed to be connected, sir. Again, uh, let me tell people, uh, it's in the New York Post, why New York City's drug death epidemic is no no surprise. And uh, you did a great job here with this piece, really important in, as I say, connecting the dots. And hopefully uh, those of us who... um, give a damn about this, we'll uh, be able to do something about it. In the meantime, thank you for your time and your effort, sir. Well, it's a pleasure, and thanks for having me on. And everybody can do something in his local community. I so. agree with that. And I know your listeners are the type of people who just do Well, that. we're trying. We're trying. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Phoenicians who have invested with Y-Refi are doing really well. They have an investment in a portfolio at Y-Refi with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. It's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. And no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. This is a secure collateralized portfolio. It is not correlated to the stock market, and it delivers a high fixed rate of return, 10.25% rate of return. That's 10 and a quarter percent. A due diligence approved firm. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, 
the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. One of my favorite quotes of C.S. Lewis's in the Screwtape Letters is, uh, where old Screwtape is uh, telling his nephew that the use of fashions in thought is to distract men from their real dangers. He says, we direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in the least danger and fix our approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice which we are trying to make common. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers whenever there's a flood and all crowding to the side of the boat, which is already nearly gunnel under. Gone under. Gunnel. Gunnel. So I bring you um, this. is fascinating to me. I mean, with all the problems we've got going on here, M&Ms, you see this? They've got a whole ad campaign out here going now. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven M&Ms, blue, green, yellow, red, purple, orange, and uh, I guess chocolate. And here's what they've got. Very fancy. America, let's talk. Okay. America, let's talk. In the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice, and we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&Ms wanted, since we're all about bringing people together. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Miss Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. This is in response to the candies, the cartoon candies and the questionable genders that they represented. This this is important stuff, folks. Um, and this is Maya Rudolph is now going to be the spokesman for M&Ms. I, someone wrote, I don't know who it was, maybe Brandon, someone like that wrote, this entire team should be fired. This entire team should be fired. Honest to God. Honest to God, this is what we're fixing our attention on in the popular culture. It's uh, It's incredible to me. I love that line. The game is to have us all running around with fire extinguishers whenever there's a flood. And all crowding to that side of the boat, which is already nearly gone under. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of the use of fashions in uh, modern thought today. C.S. Lewis had it a long time ago. We, we really aren't focusing on the right things. We, we did this throughout COVID. We did this entirely throughout COVID. We went after the kids and punished and changed in the snap of a fingers their entire emotional and educational and social lives and athletic lives, as I say with the snap of a finger, panicked them into killing grandma if, we, if they didn't comply, turned them against each other, varying on how the different families they might socialize with, heaven forfend, dealt with their own mitigation strategies. And meanwhile, about obesity, we could say nothing. Nothing. And you still can't. And uh, didn't focus on the aged at all, except the way Andrew, uh, yes, the way Governor Andrew Cuomo did, which was the height of negligence. 
while he was being heralded and celebrated as a hero on CNN, and they would cut away from President Trump's press conferences to cover his because he was the more responsible one. Yeah, indeed we are running around with fire extinguishers when there's a flood. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 Paul's in Las Vegas. Hello, Paul. Yeah, I, uh, been at, I used to listen to you all the time down there, and I've been up here for a while, and I, I, I really miss your show. Uh-huh. Listen, to me, it's so simple, the psychology, and I'm surprised that people are surprised about What's going on? Let me just make it real simple. What the Democrats need, what the Democrats are after is power. Raw power, no matter what. Number one. Number two, what have they discovered that helps feed them power? Our victims. They need people that are crying out for Big Brother to take care of them. So they will create victims no matter what the cost, other than perhaps their own backyard. So whatever they can do to create victims is a good thing. They want victims because guess who needs it? Guess what victims need? They need them. And now they got power. I don't disagree with what you're saying, and, and one can see this across any level of policies, uh, particularly Absolutely. with the All great society. The I mean, that's when it really hit the accelerator and the idea of wedding people to government um, for government, uh, you know, uh, subvention. But the question I have is, is it, Paul, is it out of the question to raise this? Couldn't you accede to power? Couldn't you obtain political prominence by actually putting better numbers on the tote board, making society better rather than making people worse? It seems to me, generally, generally, we reward good public policy, generally, or have, or used to. It's been a while, maybe. But what is the what is the reason that they're willing to so victimize the people they're dependent on? Why wouldn't you want to liberate them and make that the reason for supporting you? Like, I don't know, say, mm, conservatives and Cuban-Americans, for example. For as, but as but one example. Is, abject power is the goal itself. I, I just didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Can you repeat it? I said abject power is the goal itself. It, it is the goal there's itself, huge, yeah. There's a huge gap between what it requires to run a reasonable government. Mm-hmm. And it's basically covered on the conservative side. What have they got we're just talking about adding adding numbers, subtracting numbers, and doing normal things. Right. So so that's how you run the government. So now you've got, well, how are we going to get in here? we got nothing better than that. So we've got to create some way to fill those other seats on the other side. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Well, it's I mean, as we look for these reasonings, as as we look for the explanation, I mean, it's hard to conclude any other thing. I mean, I cannot for the life of me understand why 
for example, in the area of public health, you would want more people sick. Um, I do understand the profit motive at a certain level, and it's not elected politicians so much as it might be, you know, industries. Uh, Someone was saying the other day, some expert I was listening to was saying the other day that uh, something like 90 percent plus of health care costs are after the person is sick. It's a weird thing that we brag about how big our hospitals are, and they are, in fact, in many places, the largest employers there are. It's a weird thing to be having governors and mayors bragging about that sort of thing, um, that you would have so many sick people that you would need such a big edifice and such a big operation to treat them. Uh, It seems to me if you were in political leadership, you could obtain this sought-after power, it seems to me, by making society better rather than people worse, victims, sick, attached to the government, you name it. I get it that it's easier. I get it that it's easier. Um, But, you know, you look at landslides, for example. You look at the landslide, I don't know, of 1984. America was in a really bad place in 1978-79, a really bad place in 1980. And, uh, you know, someone who thought, Less government would be the answer. Less regulation would be the answer. More injection into the individual and the self-sustenance of the individual would be the answer. And it was rewarded by, you know, a landslide of 49 states. Um, We have seen this from time to time where good public policy and success in society is rewarded rather than dependence. Maybe it's just become all too easy, though. I don't know. And maybe the profit motive for certain industries has changed on this. I don't know. It does seem a lot of it does have to do with health care. I was gobsmacked during the COVID experience uh, at, you know, at, at how unquestioning people were, at how unquestioning the media was, how willing to censor alternative viewpoints. In fact, what we used to call the scientific method we became. I was amazed that you could have experts uh, that we were supposed to kneel down to who would say things like they never investigated and didn't know much about natural immunity. I was amazed that we had experts that could tell you not to congregate in any circumstance, whether it's in a gym or a sports arena or even an outdoor Easter or Thanksgiving celebration. But they all of a sudden had zero opinion if it was to protest racism uh, or, in fact, uh, in some cases, you had about a thousand public health professionals professionals saying signing on saying racism is worth the risk of a public gathering. I was amazed that we went through this experience. I was amazed that we stopped printing the ages of those who were dying for the purpose of obviously concealing that sort of thing. I was amazed at what it was doing not just to our children and our mental health and our emotional states, but to our economy. And I was amazed at the obvious collusion between government and media and social media that put our First Amendment rights, our free speech rights, and serious public health and scientific inquiry at such discount. Maybe maybe we're a different country than we used to be. Maybe my idea is just old-fashioned and isn't going to work anymore, that good public policy leading to the betterment of society and the betterment of all – will get itself rewarded. Maybe maybe that's just too long of a haul. And the shortcuts and the easy government intervention and the easy government checks 
and the easy government control are what people want. Maybe, maybe they want control more than freedom. Maybe we have ruined the freedom and independence and individualism ethic in this country. Maybe we have ruined the questioning ethic in this country. Maybe we have. And if we have, what a sad epitaph to the country that, as I was saying earlier, um, was known always from Jefferson till most recently as the last best hope of man and earth. What a sad epitaph. Let me put in a word for our sponsors at Midas Gold Group. By the way, if you do want to hedge against inflation and if you are concerned about the stock market and bonds, gold has held its value, and those that have invested some of their savings with Midas Gold Group have done really well. Gold has held its value throughout the past year, the ravages of the economy. Those who converted to gold with Midas Gold Group created that hedge against the ravages of inflation. I own precious metals and gold from Midas Gold Group. Seb Gorka does thousands of you do. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. The veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Welcome back. We'll have uh, Brandon Weikert with us in the next hour. He's always loaded for bear, hopefully uh, taking a few out here and there. Um, I guess Vice President Kamala Harris is taking a lot of heat for her uh, butchering and censoring of the Declaration of Independence in her speech yesterday. So she tweeted that, uh, quote, one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs. To agree the government should not tell a woman what to do with her body. I really thought this talking point was over. But Christina Pouchard, who is the um, spokesman, spokeswoman, spokesperson for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, wrote her, So cool that you're against vaccine mandates now. Can you now tell us what a woman is anyway? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the pretzel logic that the left has to engage in to uh, to get to these points that just make no sense. I, I mean, I thought I, I, I thought after Dobbs and after the experience of 2020 and 2021, the my body, my choice theme and meme would have died a long deserved death because it seems to only apply to one type of body and one type of choice and one area of medicine that seems to be also a lot more consequential than others. Um, In any event, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's it's part of this inversion of language we see a lot of, things that we we just don't have the words, meanings that they used to. You know, hands off a body means actually hands in a body. Uh, Peaceful, mostly peaceful, is now used to describe violent riots. Peacefully and patriotically means violent insurrection to the left. On and on, these inversions of language go, and it's something to be worried about. Prevention means, according to New York City Department of Public Health, prevention means use with friends. Um, this inversion and, 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 and change of language will help complete the epitaph I was talking about with Paul in the previous segment. 
As Confucius put it, when words lose their meaning, people lose their liberty. Brandon Weicker coming up. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.